Hi! Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Charisma. I'm Angelica Yard, and we are so happy that you're here. It is episode 5,423rd. <laughs> the whatever day that March Thanos snapped. thousand <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the, the 20th month of March. Uh, we have been here since Thanos snapped, and we've uh, yes. half of the country's turned to dust, and In that's the what's wrong happening. Timeline. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I literally, like, people, like, I'm just having a hard time remembering that it's August. And so I just saw the other day, like, a girl was like, yeah, I'm going to see my doctor in September. And I was like, baby girl, September, that's so far. And I was like, oh, that's next month. No, it's not. That's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, in my mind. But also at the same time, I'm also like, is it October yet? Because I'm ready for it to be like Halloween. Yeah. And I've been you just like, want to switch or straight over much, to. Yeah, I've been pretty much ready since March. It was so funny because I was telling John the other day, I was like, I need to go and start ordering some costumes for Valkyrie. And he's like, you need to do that already? Like, you know, it's looked at a little while to Halloween. I was like, excuse me, this year Halloween starts on October 1st and goes all the way to October 31st, which to be quite honest, that's how I normally do it, but it's going to be like more extreme this year. So yeah, I'm like, I told him, I'm like, get ready. She's going to have multiple costumes. It's going to be a whole thing. And we had to put her in her little outfit yesterday because she's getting surgery um next week like just she's getting fixed and so we got her like a little outfit instead of her having to wear a cone because she can wear the outfit and then she can't like mess with her stitches and she doesn't like it but it's really <laughs> cute and it's purple and she's it's like a purple leotard i'm like oh my god valkyrie's like, oh, a puppy in case it. you've been listening to this and you have no idea that <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about like, an animal and not a child like, and just, like fyi <laughs> FYI, she's a dog. (laughs) I just wanted to clear that up. She is not a human person. She is a dog. Although I tell her all the time, I'm like, you're my favorite person. But I'm like, oh, she's not really a person, but that's fine. She's a person to me. But yeah, she has a little purple leotard. I put it on Instagram stories yesterday. And I'll try to get more photos of her in it. The photo or like the video that I got, she was very mad. And she's just pretty much like, I hate you so much. So, you know, good times. Good times. Normal, normal life. Yeah, um, I need to get, I, I keep asking her if she wants a cat. I ask her that like all the time, like, do you want a cat? Because I feel like she would love it and like they'd be best friends. But I'm also like unsure because she's never been around a cat. So we just don't know how it's going to act. We were walking in celebration. I can imagine that she's just saying no and you continue to be like, yes, you do. (laughs) We were in celebration. We were like um, in the townhouses that are not too far from where you live. And we were just walking by and there was a house and there were outside in the front porch, there were just two cats that were just hanging out outside. Like no, they were no leash, no, you know, like they could have come right up to us. And you could tell they lived there though, because they looked very fancy. And they were both sitting on these like chair pedestal things that were like made for cats. Um, so I was just like, okay. And they were very regal. And we walked by and like, we turned a corner and all of a sudden they were there. And I was really stressed because I was like, oh my God, is Valkyrie going to freak out? Are they going to freak out at Valkyrie? But everybody just was like quiet and looked at each other as we walked by. So John and I were like, all right, I guess that worked out. Um, but yeah, so I think she likes cats. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to find out the hard way, you know? I'm obsessed. Yeah, with my friend and neighbor who lives uh, near here, like not too far from me, like literally a couple of buildings over, she walks her cat. And so 
Oh, that's um, awesome. Every Morgan now and again, we'll run into her. Too. My good friend Morgan. She's very funny. She walks her cats, and they don't like it. They don't really like much. <laughs> like, they don't like much of anything. So cats. But... Cats in general don't like much. Yeah, I say as someone who owns a cat. Like... Honestly, that's my favorite thing about her Instagram is just, like, she is so happy and sweet and rainbows and cuddly and then she has these two cats who are like uh why and so she's just constantly <laughs> trying to do like she's she's always buying them new things like oh try this out try that out and they're like we don't care um so it's the opposite of having a dog which with a dog you could do the least and a dog is like you're the best um which is probably why we have one because it's just easier and you have a cat because you're just like i don't care i'll do what's hard yeah she just yeah. tries to kill us every day because she stays on the stairs and so one day oh, one of us will trip and fall and break our necks off. and she'll just be on the steps like oh that's your problem not mine i'm like okay let's watch you shade remember, like, when we used to record at your place all the time like when you would get up and leave the room she would come out and just like stare at me and i would just stare <laughs> at her and i was like i'm scared danger because she was never like she what doesn't come out a lot you know what i mean no. like, you can almost like forget that she's there but it's like as soon as like you get up to go to the bathroom or something she'd come out and she'd be like i'm just gonna stare at you but she wouldn't even get that close but it was just like she let her presence be known and we just like stare at each other and i was like oh my god <laughs> i'm really scared right now i can't well this is not a pet podcast you didn't ask for this but <laughs> you're welcome uh today we're going to be talking about well first of all you have like things you want to talk about do you want to talk about that now yeah, before we get so, into it yeah we can talk about that now so i kind of have some big news and it's weird news at the moment but i kind of want to share it with you guys although we're still navigating through it and figuring it out but basically the news is that john has accepted a teaching job in the dc area so the other day we came on the podcast and we talked about you know what teachers are facing all over the country what teachers are facing specifically in florida because desantis has decided to mandate that you know teachers go to school or teachers teach in classrooms monday through friday and so it's just basically a whole mess has ensued and there's been uh, we we were based in Orange County, Florida, which is where like Orlando's district is. And so, yeah, it's just been a mess of like 11 hour meetings back to back, things like that. And it was just kind of those things like we don't really know what's going to happen. It's really messy. And it, the school year was like coming up very quickly. So we kind of made the decision um, that we were just going to try to apply to other places. And he had already applied to Fairfax County and Baltimore County before all of this started he applied back in january because in february we were supposed to go on this very long scouting trip where we kind of explored more of the dmv i mean we've been to the dmv a lot because we have family there but we were going to explore the dmv not really with family and then stop in and say hi to family and then we were going to hit atlanta on the way up and nashville on the way back um so we had this big trip planned to kind of scout out all these areas and then obviously corona showed up and we went nowhere um, so we kind of put that off and we were like, it's a pandemic. We really just want to stay put and we're not going to move at this time. So that was what we were thinking until DeSantis decided to drop all of his wild behavior. And that's when we were like, you know, John's just not going back into the classroom, at least right now without any plan. That was my big thing. It's not like, it's not just that they're going to the classroom. It's just that there was literally no plan. And we had like, you know, maybe two weeks left of before school started and they were just kind of like, we have no plan, but we just want you to go back. 
Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's not, that's not it. So he ended up applying to quite a few schools in Fairfax, a few schools in Baltimore County in a matter of like three days, he had six interviews. Um, some of which Angelica and I had to move the podcast around for quite a bit because he was just interviewing left and right. And he ended up getting actually a few job offers, which was great, but he chose a school that is, um, kind of like an ESOL magnet. And so 60% of the kids at that school are in ESOL, which is awesome because he's been an ESOL teacher for years. And that's something that's very like common in Orlando to meet an ESOL teacher because we have so many people. It's such a transient area and people are coming in from all over the world to live here. Um, But that's, you know, up north, I think specifically like in that area, like I'm not sure if that's as common. So I think he's really excited to be able to teach somewhere where not only like will he get to use that unique skill set, but he'll just be around a lot of different cultures and stuff, which is what he's used to here. Um, so yeah, we're not sure the exact area that we're going to live in. We have a cousin who lives in um, DC proper, kind of around like foggy bottom bottom area. We have a cousin that lives in like the city of Fairfax, and then we have people in Maryland as well. So yeah, I don't know. We're we're kind of still figuring that part out. And as of right now, Fairfax County is starting completely virtually. So we don't really need to be in person yet. And obviously he's going to be making a lot more money because Fairfax County is just pays their teachers a lot more. I think everyone pays their teachers more than Florida, except for like maybe I think Mississippi and Alabama. Um, So yeah, it's a big pay raise, but we're also thinking like, wow, it'd be nice to maybe pay our Orlando rent for a while um, and just kind of like stack up some money. So yeah, we're kind of figuring out when exactly we're going to leave, but I don't think we need to be up there the first nine weeks um, because it's going to be completely virtual. And then they'll decide like the first nine weeks is over, I think in the middle to end of October. And then they'll decide if they're going to be virtual until December. And then after that, they'll decide if they're going to go until spring break and so on and so forth. So, uh, but they already have a really great plan for being in the classroom and it involves like kids coming into the class for only like two to three hours a day. Um, So, and they're in like different groups. So he'd see like four different groups a day for like two and a half hours each. So it's a lot easier for them to like keep their mask on during that time. They're still getting like instruction and still seeing people in person, but they're able to actually socially distance because there's so many less of them in the classroom. Um, and Fairfax County just has smaller numbers for schools and everything as it is, which is really helpful. I think his school has like 600 kids in it. Whereas like here, a normal elementary school would have over a thousand. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like a good good change all around but it is really overwhelming because it's like the middle of a pandemic we're moving we have no idea when we've both lived in Florida our whole lives so it's just like a lot to unpack with the situation so it's an ongoing thing and we actually leave for um DC tomorrow uh for him to go pick up his computer for work and then he also needs to get his fingerprints so if you know any places for great takeout let me know because we will definitely be just staying in our Airbnb and Airbnb and like getting takeout most of the time. So yeah, that's my life update. What a traitor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really like John was telling me the other day. Like it's like we go from moments where we're like, oh, this is gonna be so exciting. And then we're just like, we really miss our friends. And I know it's hard for like a lot of my friends and family that live up north have wanted us to move up north for a long time, even if they don't live in that particular area, because we'll just be so much closer. Like my brothers are in Brooklyn, so it'll be four hours away. I have people in Philly and so on and so forth. But we have amazing friends down here. And I feel like people don't understand that. Like we're used to seeing our friends here more often. Obviously during the pandemic, it's not been 
as great, but there is like a comfortability, like knowing that you're across the street, you know what I mean? Like just knowing that like I could drive and in less than 10 minutes, I could be at your house. I drove past your house earlier this morning because I went to go pick up a rental car. And how fun is it that I pick up my rental car at Disney? I literally have to pass over Magic Kingdom. And then it's like, oh, time to get my rental car. And then the way back, it's like me and Valkyrie were driving in the car. And I was like, that's your Aunt Angelica's house. And we waved to your house. So it's like just that comfortability like is going to be really hard to not have like our close friends around. But, but it's not I, Florida. So I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, everyone I, I know and love, get out of here. <laughs> kind of like because it's COVID anyways, like we aren't able to do things that I would want to do. Like it sounds weird to like not have a party to say goodbye to people. But it's like the reality is, is like I have not seen very many people since March. Um, the people I have seen, I've seen once or twice. Um, so literally I can count on my hand. I've seen you, I've seen Margo, I've seen my friend Britt once, and I've seen my friend Raven once, and that's it. Um, and we have a lot of friends here. So it's a lot of people that we have not seen at all for literally five months now, which is just nuts. So my thought process is like, well, if we're going to not see people for probably the foreseeable future, like we may as well go do that up there. And then maybe on the weekends we can kind of do like some socially distanced, like easy travel. Like I know I have a teacher that lives up there and he just took his family to Gettysburg for the weekend. And it's like, nobody's really there. Like it's, you know, when you're going to things like that, it's not like going to Disney where there's going to be a million people. Like it's kind of like more spread out or whatever. Even my, like one of my friends has gone to the national mall a few times during like all of this and it's empty every time she goes. So we'd actually be able to like, kind of like safely sightsee and kind of do some stuff or at least do like camping and stuff. Cause there's mountains and stuff around. Um, so yeah, just kind of seeing something different, I guess. Like if, if you're going to be stuck inside and just doing like a walk every day, it's just like a different kind of walk, I guess, you know, I'm right. also convinced that we'll be back, but I'm also open to whatever, you know what I mean? Like in a perfect world, I will move to Edinburgh, Scotland, and I'll find a way to do that. And if like Biden gets elected president, they should unfreeze the DOTEA. And so John can apply to teach in different areas. And that's like my long-term goal is to get out of here and move or to just become independently wealthy so that I can move to Scotland. Like I want to live in Scotland. That's like my place where I would love to end up. But in the meantime, I'm kind of just open to wherever I'm like, who is going to not have a governor? Someone please take us. Yeah, Like any, any person. Not trying to kill us. Like that's, I mean, I want to be out of the United States, but like whatever governor is not trying to kill us is where I'm trying to go at the moment. Cause the governor is basically just like actively trying to kill teachers. Like, I hate to sound dramatic, but that's literally like, he just does not care. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we got to get away from him first and then we'll kind of see. So I'm like, we'll see if, if Florida really wants us back, then they will vote out DeSantis and maybe in two years we'll come back and that'll be great. Cause we'll have a down payment for our house. So, you know, we'll see. We will definitely update you guys on like moving during a pandemic or even the back and forth or like yeah, all that I'm, stuff for your I'm journey going on a for trip, sure. Like I said tomorrow. And I mean y'all can follow along if you're listening to this like on Thursday as it comes out, like I'm probably like sharing right now. Um so yeah, it's gonna be I haven't left, so it's gonna be so weird to like not only like go places but have to do like I have to go to some places, like I have to get gas. I was talking to my mom and I'm like, man, I'm probably gonna have to pee on the way. And I'm really stressed about that because it's a 12 hour, like at, at, at the shortest, it'll be 12 hours. It's going to be longer than that because we have a dog. So we're going to have to like stop and stuff. 
But yeah, I'm like, I'm going to have to stop and pee. And I just can't in my mind even imagine going to a bathroom right now during all this, but it's going to happen. So, and like, we're going to have to stop for water or like, I don't know, we'll have to stop for different things. So it's going to be weird. And then the check-in process, which I've read from our Airbnb, they've said that it's really easy. Like other people that have written have said it was a really easy process. You didn't have to see anyone. So hopefully that all goes smoothly, but I'll share that. Um, and just kind of like what to do with you have to travel, but you don't want to because you're scared and it's a pandemic. So we'll kind of see, we're bringing books and we're asking people like, where are parks that like no one will be around. We can just like maybe sit in a park with the dog and read or something. Cause I'm, I'm not going into places. Like I'm getting takeout and I'm calling it a day. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. We, um, I have no traveling pending unless for some reason my family members who continue to pretend like a pandemic isn't happening, get ill. <laughs> like other than that, I'm, we're at home. So I'm very interested in, um, how that's going and, and what that will look like. I'm definitely on my end getting prepped for remote school 2020 kindergarten year. So Yay. that's only been the big situation in, in our house is trying to fix up our workspaces so that we can all work. Are you making efficiently. Her, uh, her own little workspace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved her desk because it was upstairs. The, the thought process when we moved into a new space is that she'd be in kindergarten you know, this year and that she could do her homework and stuff in her room and kind of like decompress and have that, that quiet time while dinner's mm-hmm. being made, you know, all that stuff. Um, so spoiler alert, that didn't happen. So I moved her desk yeah. downstairs and tried to set up a space for her. Cause she's going to be is she on video. Is she in, is she on the second level or the first level? Yeah, she'll be, yeah. Her, her desk is on the second level. Yeah. Yeah. I just put it near the steps where she can easily go potty or go back to her room or whatever the case is. So it's, interesting and it's also like not near the t like she can't see tv from where her desk is so that's also important to me that mm. like yeah. if i want to do stuff <laughs> she was over there, like i need a break um yeah so whatever the case may be yeah that's um it's still developing there's three more weeks of school prep week is coming up in two weeks lots of stuff happening so i will try to give updates for all the little parent friends who are also doing the same and what that looks like from a private school basis because obviously my experience is very different and more catering, et cetera, to my situation versus I understand being in the public school system. So yeah, I know there's differences. Actually compare from like, or like, yeah. like a Florida public school to like a good public school or like, yeah, a good public school and then to a private school because like what his school is doing now is just completely different than what, you know, he was yeah. facing here in Orlando. So it is very Even the local public school, from what I understand from the teachers who are there and what they're having to do for setup for classrooms and going back and, and the yeah. people are sending their kids in, it's so different than what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, very hard to, like, compare and contrast. And a lot of my friends have pulled their kids out and they're going to do remote this year. So yes, it's been people. an interesting... Uh, I have friends that are teachers in OCPS and they're currently pulling like 11 hour days because they're not only prepping, they're prepping their classrooms. And at the same time, they're having to prep for those random 10 days at the beginning of the school year that Orange County has decided we're going to do 10 days online. And then after that, we'll be in the classroom. So they have to kind of prep for both at the same time this week. So like a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I worked for 11 hours, 12 hours, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, this is terrible already. So I'm, and I've seen a few schools that have opened like random places, like was it like Indiana or something? And the first day they're having like positive COVID cases. 
Oh yeah, Georgia as well. They've been open some counties. Um, I saw that photo from, of a high school in Georgia yeah from Paulding County yeah. was uh, terrifying. Oh, <laughs> and so yeah, there's. I mean, I've also seen videos of teachers prepping their classrooms, and they've been showing what the classrooms look like because a lot of the districts you can't put anything in it. So even sending your kids in, because the argument, I feel like, and I don't want to talk about it too long because we have an episode, an actual episode <laughs> that we talk about, but the argument about social, like it being social and it just being normal, like is so antiquated because if you look at the classrooms, mm-hmm. they look ridiculous. They look going to yeah. prison, like it's just the brick walls with nothing in them. And then the desks are so far apart. And it just, I personally, like, even though I went to schools and private schools that are very varying on like the amount of stuff they could do to decorate the classroom. I've definitely been in a room where a teacher didn't have as much funding to like make it up and look all fancy or whatever. Like it looks like a print, like it looks like you're going to school in like the orange is the new black. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. completely those brick walls, like blank. Cause they can't bring any personal items in because of the sanitization that needs to get going. So I just, I, I mean, if you have to, obviously, of course that's your choice. You can't, change but if your argument is that the socialization is the same it definitely is not it's completely different and um a lot of people have found going back the first couple days in schools that are open that it's been actually more stressful on their kids just because remembering all the rules and regulations and things you need to do and like it's just overwhelming so i will say if that's been your worry or your stress try to come up with small groups and pods of people again because all the time talking about it that you can see on a regular basis to have kind of like a play date situation. Um, I'm talking about virtual um, picnic thing, Friendsgiving already. Like I've talked to some people about doing that. Like oh we can gosh. sit in one of the parks and like have, so cute. you know, separate things. Friendsgiving where the kids can hang out, parents can hang out and we can do an evening where it's a little bit cooler, but not too cool. And like hang kids, out that week. To that. Yeah, no, it's not people. It's, just, it's literally yeah. anybody who lives in town. Like I've yep. been kind of pushing that idea because there's a, a park that, so is not as busy and so that would be a perfect place to just kind of oh, hang yeah, out I so um yeah i mean i'm done talking about it because i'm not gonna keep talking about it just show up like if you have questions about school specifically from teachers point of view obviously reach out to charisma via the instagram or reach out to me if you want to understand from a parental point of view a working parent what i'm doing but uh it will be a conversation because it continues because it yeah, affects it's us but because it affects both of us but I don't want to like spend too much time because we do have a really good episode written and it's really important because we are updating you guys on our product-based business journey and like how that's going. So, all right. So today we're going to talk about five things that we have learned from running a product-based business. And we got together before the episode to kind of like pick five together that both have affected both of us uh, rather than each sharing five. So the first one that we're going to share with you um, is that you need space in your home to have products and it needs to be organized. And this might be kind of like a duh to you if you have never, like if you're just like maybe have not done it or whatever. But the thing is, is like if you've been running a business for a long time that's service-based like we have, you do have stuff in your home for your business, right? Like you're going to probably have some printed out papers and just different various things that help you run your business if, if you're service-based. But the amount of more stuff you need for a product is overwhelming, especially because a lot of times you really don't know starting out how things are going to sell, right? So like you might think like, oh, well, I have like enough storage to store kind of like 
you know, the basics or whatever, and I'm good. And then all of a sudden you might get a whole bunch of orders and all of a sudden you need more space. So for me, that's something that I feel like I wasn't as prepared for as I thought. I bought a really beautiful, I've shared it on the Instagram before. It's like this beautiful um, storage unit thing that it looks like a library card case. And I saw it and I like fell in love with it. And I was like, I need this. And I store all of my jars in there. I store my lids in there. I store my scents in there. Um, different stickers, different wicks, things like that. And I was like, this is great. This is all I need. Because I was thinking like I'd sell like one candle at a time. And then like, you know, that would be like I'd have that candle out and then I would send it off and it would be fine. Um, and then I had a shelf or I have a shelf that has um, like my packing boxes on it. Um, the green paper that I use that I like roll the candles in um, and some stickers and a few other things. So I was like, I'm good to go. Like I shouldn't like two rows for candles that should be good and then I went ahead and opened and all of a sudden it was like oh you're gonna need a lot more space so I immediately had to order another shelf for more candle storage because it's just it's it's uh it takes up a lot of space and it's funny because I'm coming from a place of like for the most part just needing my laptop or a computer and being able to kind of be like I'm gonna work at my desk now I'm gonna go work at the dining table. Now I'm going to work on the couch because we have that flexibility. Like when you're service-based and you're just using your computer for the most part, again, you might have a printer, you might have some paperwork, different things, but it's just not as much as a product-based business. And I think that running a service base for so long and making that switch has made me just be like, whoa, I like, I can see how I would need a whole just separate room just for product stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's obviously if you're drop shipping, that's going to be a little bit different for you. You won't store product in a house, so you won't have those issues. But I will definitely say um, being organized in terms of a packaging mm -hmm. uh, situation allows you to not spend money when you don't need to. And I say that to myself because I just bought some cello bags mm -hmm. for cards as if I didn't have another like 50 from the last time I had a shop. So now I'm, which is good because now I'm prepped for winter and I, hopefully yes. I won't have to buy those going into the holiday season, which is a high season for greeting cards. Um, but yeah, you can save money, just not like having an inventory of all your packaging stuff because it's organized helps you save money in the long run because you can be more efficient. Also time-wise, because once you start packaging your own products at home, you have to get into a little bit of rhythm. And I learned this from my friends, like we had talked about. Uh, my friend Carmen, who used to own the Flare Exchange, she really talked to me about her packaging process yeah. and how she hired on people and how much time she put in into packaging her product. Because at the time she was selling those tissue paper flay, uh, tassel garlands, okay. which were just coming out and obviously such a big deal. And she was selling so many of them that she had to have like a system in pro process. And I remember in the early days of Rifle, before they had a warehouse, before they had a ton of employees, Anna Bond was very open about her packaging situation. I remember being like, it would be so cool to kind of have a process that is a little bit more monotonous. And I have definitely worked and done some things on like being a volunteer that are a little bit more monotonous in packaging like cookies, like the Otis Bunkmeyer cookies. I had a, people who would send those into their clients. And I found that so much fun because it just took my brain off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I will say having an organized process, having it written down, obviously in your standard operating procedure. So when you do hire someone, they understand how to do it. Um, those things make a big difference, but you do have to clear the space out in your, in your home, even if it's in your garage or if it's indoors in your office or your bedroom, wherever it is, your closet, 
get organized, label everything so that we know what it's for. Because if you get sick, especially if we're in a pandemic, if something happens to you, someone you live with or a close friend or somebody should be able to come in and package orders on your behalf. Yeah. So it's also or another yeah, reason to be yeah. more organized. So John already knows the process. And if something happened to you, he can easily like package orders and do everything. Yeah. So he makes, he actually makes candles with me as well because we have so many going. So like he might be making my, one cent and I'm making another and whatever. Um, so yeah, it'll just be yeah. just a candle factory up in here on certain days. And yeah, it's, it's so important. It's like, you know, he might be pouring at the moment and I am like labeling you know, or I'm cutting wicks or so on and so forth. So there's just so many like little pieces of it. And one thing that I've also learned is like, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm not going to take up that much space in the beginning because I'm just not going to buy a lot of product. But what you're going to find is that it truly is better for your wallet to like buy kind of in bulk. A lot of these things, certain things you just can't even buy a small amount, like, like certain labels and stuff, like you can't, buy a small amount they're like no this is the amount that you get um for like candle wicks specifically like i've never seen a small amount of candle wicks like they only have like obscene numbers now with that being said the price is not bad for a whole bunch of candle wicks but it's just like they just it's not like you can buy 10 you know what i mean like you're going to be buying like 100 um and so just kind of knowing that like you're going to need to have the space for that um and there's all all those little components that just make one thing that you don't think about so for example just with my candles it's like you have the jar the container you have the wick you have some sort of adhesive that keeps the wick to the jar whether that's a sticker type thing or you know some other sort of like melted wax or whatever you have the sticker that goes in the bottom that's the warning label you have the actual scent you have the actual wax um, you have the lid and then you have the label so you have all those components that you need to store when they are separate, you need to have them organized separately and ready to go. And then on top of that, then you need to have space to store the finished product as well, because you're going to have orders that it's like, okay, like this order's done. And it kind of like, kind of like you were saying, it makes sense to sometimes make a whole bunch of something and then package it all at the same time. You're not going to necessarily like make one order at a time and then package it just the way that it works. You're going to just batch do a whole bunch of this particular candle put them on the shelf to be ready to ship and maybe make a few more different types of candles and then start packing your orders, you know? So it's kind of like a process. Um, so in those in-between times, you want to have a space to put all that product. And then eventually, like if you're not making things to order, you're going to have things kind of stored up. So like you were just saying, like you bought a whole bunch of stuff um, just recently to prep for kind of fall stuff. And so it's like, even though those orders haven't even been made yet, like you have everything set to go. And that's what we're doing right now for fall candles is we're pouring fall scents that like aren't even listed yet because we know that the fall scents are just going to fly off the shelf. Um, So yeah, just kind of making sure that you have that space ahead of time. You know what your organization is going to look like. Reach out to people or even just like look at people that have certain um, similar businesses as, as you do to kind of see how they do organization. So like, Angelica is super paper based and I'm super like candle based um, with a few other like different types of accessories and stuff. We obviously are going to have different looking storage situations. You know what I mean? Like it's like you're going to need to have more um, almost more like container situations because you're going to oh this this type of paper here is here and this is here. Yeah. And so forth. Whereas like I need bigger blockier spaces that like I can put like, oh, I'll put, you know, 20 of these candles in this big blocky space. 
Um, and then it's completely different. Like I think of, um, like, you know, if you look at like, we've just recently had uh, people on the podcast who sell like facial things and um, wellness products and stuff like that. And they'll have like those little jars, those little bottles. Those are going to be so different to store than any of our products. So kind of like making sure of that. And then also obviously keep in mind like where the sun is in your house and like how that could affect your products as well. So you might not want to have you know, if you sell wellness products, maybe you don't want to have them directly in the sun where they're getting hot for whatever reason. Certainly with candles, I don't store them in my office actually at all um, because it's not a great place because my office has windows all around. Um, so I store the supplies to make them in my office, but I actually store the actual candles in my dining room, which I know sounds weird, but it kind of works out perfectly. Um, so yeah, just kind of being aware and making sure that you have a place that is going to be best for your product to be stored, um, as well as convenient. So yeah, get space. <laughs> Number two is getting back into packaging. Practical packaging is important. So I think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about like, well, I want my packaging to be branded and that is super awesome. Like, obviously we love a good brand. We love to see the brand all the way through and yeah, it can definitely make a difference to have like, you know, a package that is branded really well. I think a lot of like luxury project po uh, products that have been in the game for a long time are super branded and that you, that's a part of the experience and you love it. However, it's not the most important part of the experience. Like the most important part is the practicality. So you can't just be like throwing certain things in the wrong size bags and the wrong size boxes having too much space, having too little space. Um, and then also just being completely unsustainable for like no reason. So making sure that you like kind of do your research with packaging, that you're getting like the best for your money, that you're getting stuff that is hopefully like recycled or something along those lines, or that's easy to recycle. Yeah. Um, and that is again, just packaged well, because I would much rather get something that has no branding and that's like a plain packaging then get something that I'm like, why did you give me, you know, oh, I hate when like Amazon sends you a giant box and then they have like air things all through it. And I'm like, you could have just sent a smaller box. Like, I don't like help me. Yeah. Understand. yeah. No, um, no issue, which is a sustainable packaging company has like custom tissue paper. That's eco-friendly and custom mailers that are eco-friendly that are recyclable. Uh, or compostable, I believe. I think you can like plant them. So I've been looking into this company. Obviously, you have to buy them in bulk, which is fine. Um, but I think I might switch some of my packaging into them just because I do want to switch over to be more eco-friendly. I'm actually looking for eco-friendly printer right now and getting some paper samples. So definitely look at that. If you're shipping boxes and you do want them branded, of course, everybody's always going to tell you about Packlane, which is an amazing company that it's a startup, obviously, has come out and they do beautiful packaging that is, could be have your custom boxes. So a lot of the, you know, um, monthly subscription boxes, a lot of them use Packlane, which is a super easy company because we will tell you not to use Uline because they're terrible people. Yeah. So don't go there. Don't get those giant catalogs. First of all, they send you a catalog that is like 400 pages, like it once sure every is. two to three months. They you didn't ask for it. I've never asked for them. I have never asked for you. Yeah, I've John never subscribed. He's a teacher. He's never signed up for it. He's never bought anything from them. But because they know he's a teacher, they're like, here you go. 
And it's so, like, you can't do anything. Like, it's so environment. Like, it's such a wasteful situation. And obviously that's based on how the way they view their company and the way they practice um, whatever politically aligning. So I definitely would recommend looking into smaller sellers. Obviously, it's easier to just say, okay, I'm just going to Amazon and buy a couple of things. But try to invest a little bit more in smaller companies that are doing well for the world. And I understand if you're starting up, you can't. Like, nobody's judging you. Totally get it. There's no, like, right or wrong way. But if you have a little bit more money to invest in more luxurious packaging, um, doing that. Because I think the small details work. I obviously, I package um, kind of basic, but I do include stickers. Um, and I'm trying to come up with like a more like insert situation or maybe yeah. using the custom-based tissue paper from no issue. But I definitely, for my my bigger products and my mailers, I'm going to switch over to them just because I do think after a while of me doing all this packaging, and I just talked about the silicone bags and everything, it gets like it's ridiculous it's so much plastic and it's not great for the environment and it's not really uh ideal but i will say stationary companies typically the things that you do use to package those aren't eco-friendly so even companies who are eco-friendly car that make eco-friendly products like there's a bunch of eco-friendly cars that i have bought from target there's a line that they do but the box itself that it comes in is not eco-friendly you know what i mean like you can't it's not great packaging so i'm definitely trying to switch over to that especially since we're getting into the holidays and um, start that but it does get pricey and so your packaging does have a lot to do with your bottom line and how much your cpi which your cost per item is and it might go up and so you do want to kind of make sure you keep your margins we talked about that earlier in our business our product-based business episode that we had before about how the margins aren't as high for product-based businesses because of all of the costs that you incur that start to add up. So once you do start to do more custom things for your products, the cost of a product does start to get more pricey. And that's why you kind of see more luxury items cost more. It's not really that they're a better item. They can pay the same most of the time for the staple item. It's more so the packaging is now more expensive. Mm So I mean, that's one of the reasons why I buy L tampons because A, they're like, they're better for me. They're organic, but the packaging is bomb AF and I reuse those containers to like pack yeah. stuff and I put crayons in there. I put everything in these little containers because they come with a top. I put mm-hmm. plants in them. I use the bottom like gold top to put my under my plant so they can hold and catch water. Like so I do reuse them. But yeah. you know, I definitely started buying them because the packaging was great. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I'll pay seven dollars for tampons. Like that's better for me and the packaging. I can reuse it. So Definitely think about that when you are looking at your packaging and how you want to use your packaging for the best benefit for you and your company. And obviously we try to protect our little planet and keep it going as much as we can. So, yeah, when I was looking into like stickers for like labels for the um, candles, that's one of the things I really wanted is labels that could come off easily, um, which mine peel off like pretty easily. Um, Because I hate when I have like candles and I'm trying to peel it off because I will reuse a candle jar you know um but it's hard to when it's like impossible to get that label off so that was literally one of the things i was like okay let me get stuff that's like easy to peel off so that people can reuse these and i reuse mine like i always i I reuse them all over the house and i do it purposely so that there's ways that i can like show on insta like how i use it but like right now like i have one in my bathroom um, that is holding all of my lip balms because I have like a bajillion lip balms and they're all over the house. And I was like, let's just get them all in one space and put them in here. And it's like, it's perfect. It fits them perfectly. So I definitely want to like encourage my customers to come up with like unique ways to like reuse them and maybe even locally, like have some sort of system where they can bring them back 
and I can like, you know, get all the rest of the wax out, sanitize, clean and reuse them because that would be like ideal. But that's part of why like I chose the type of container that I chose. I chose the size that I chose because it is so much easier to like reuse. Um, But yeah, it is like with the packaging, like it is so much harder. Like that's the thing is like this is the candle is so sustainable. And that's part of why I started making my own because like a lot of times when you go to the store and you're like, oh, I'm buying a soy candle, you're also you're not buying like a soy candle, you're buying a soy blended candle. So it'll have right. regular like parfum wax and it will have soy in it. And like, so it still has a lot of the chemicals and bad stuff. Like almost all the t- like stuff that I buy from Target and I'm always like, oh, it says soy in it. But then like I actually like read the fine print and it's like, oh no, it, it's not just soy. So that was part of why like I started making my own in the first place because I wanted some that were like really healthy for me and just really sustainable because um, I'm so sensitive to like any sort of anything that's like a hormone disruptor. I'm super sensitive to it. But yeah, with the packaging, it's so much harder. So I managed to get like I got recyclable boxes. So I'm like, okay, that's like they've already been recycled. And then, of course, people can recycle them again. So that's good. Um, and then for the mailers, I've been trying to stick to like paper. Um, and then actually, like I was saying this before we started recording, but I basically, the place that I order like my scents and stuff and my wax from, they use, um, packing peanuts. And so I made a massive order with them when I started. And so I have like a big box of packing peanuts. So for right now, I'm going to re like cycle those and use them in orders because I'm like, well, I already have them. Right. And hope that, um, I can encourage customers to also do the same if they're going to send a product or something to just continue, um, that cycle. But they now have packing peanuts. This place didn't use them, but they have packing peanuts that are biodegradable. You literally take it, you put it under water and it just completely disintegrates. So I'm actually trying to get the place that I order from to start using that. Um, if not, I'm going to be picking up from them in North Carolina or switching to another company because they're based in North Carolina. So like I could technically go pick up an order in person and not like have any of the packaged stuff. Um, yeah. so like I might do that, but I also might, cause I have family there. So it'd be like, you know, makes sense to go see my family or I might just switch to another company. Um, I've actually looked at trying to go with like a local company cause it's always best to go with like local stuff. Um, the local, there's only one in Florida that I found that is like, like the, the, um, scents and stuff are not like chemically and whatnot. And the prices are astronomical. Um, so not going to be going with them as of right now. I literally have to double the prices of all my candles, which is, this is why candles are so expensive. It's, it's really bananas. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like a learning process and it, you know, I think that it takes time, but it's like, the most important thing for me right now is making it as sustainable as possible and then making it so that everything arrives in a neat and orderly fashion and it's nothing's broken, nothing's melted, you know, that sort of thing. Cause I hate when you order something brand new and you get it and it's like trash, you know, yep. <laughs> which yep. happened a lot and it, it sucks. I'm one of those people that if I'm at a store, like I always investigate what I buy and I'm like, is this the best, you know, one of it or is it chipped or whatever? Cause you're buying it. Like you don't want to buy something that's like not in the best condition that it could be in. So, but yeah, I love that company um, that you mentioned. I actually just wrote it down in my phone. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to be looking them up. No issue. Yes. Um, yeah. I just like, I pulled it up on my phone and I was like, uh, Yeah. Because their mailers look great and I love how things are branded. And that's another thing I want to do is like eventually, like right now the boxes of the candles in are just plain. 
Um, but I would love to get them in a box that is super branded, but not like in a way that people can't reuse it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So yeah. it's like something that it's like, yes, this is my brand, but it's something cute for everyone. It doesn't just have my label. Yeah. My Even if it's something like a pattern or something. Like yeah. So right? super cute make pattern. a good gift. As not well. just saying kismet and charisma, kismet and charisma, kismet and charisma all over it. Like that's not what I want to do. So yeah, um, packaging, practical packaging is important, more important than branded stuff. Because at the end of the day, the environment is more important than our brands, period. That's just facts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we will say that the product-based businesses based on, and this is just because we have the comparison from our service-based businesses that we were running for so long or still are in, uh, they are more time consuming because it is harder to multitask when you are actually developing the product at mm-hmm. hand. Now, when you're packaging, obviously I can sit down, turn on a show, whatever, and package. But and it's like, not, I like, do. it's not always productive. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like with a service base, I feel like I can do three things at a time that all are for my business. But like with products, it's like I, if I'm packaging, I can listen to a podcast or I can like watch TV, but I can't really do anything. You can't write emails and package. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even like with the, cause like for me, it's like, I'm actually making the product. So yeah, there's, there's not anything. If I'm, if I have a thermometer in some hot wax, that's all I'm doing. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not doing like multiple things at a time. So it is time consuming in a different way. I feel like, you know, I, it's, I get a lot done, but I feel like I got a lot less done, you know, whereas yeah. like with, with no. service-based, you can get a million things done in a day. Definitely. Um, so to combat that, just block out your time accordingly until when you'll be more productive, you know, try not to have as many distractions going on. Cause it is sometimes easy to like get involved in something else or try to try to multitask, which we just said, it's kind of hard to do. Um, so when you are in a, a mood to block off your time to develop your products, I will say it's very important just to kind of dedicate that time to that thing. I'm in a group of people who've been talking about this and we've been talking about how important it has and how beneficial it has been to just kind of block off time to work on a certain thing. So if we're developing product, we're developing product. If we're doing website stuff, adding products to the website, then that's website day. You know what I mean? Like if I'm shipping, that's my shipping time, my shipping hour of the shipping day or shipping week. So just product photography. This is my product photography day. This is my marketing day. This is my, it's it's easier to dedicate specific time to doing those things versus trying to do it all every day because it doesn't work that way. Like you can't get up and be like, okay, today I'm going to do this. When you're smaller and when you're larger, obviously you have more people involved it's easy to kind of function all those things. And you don't have a choice because you're probably selling so many things that you have to do everything every day. But when you're getting started or starting off, it's just easier to just block off that time and kind of work as needed versus going into it, trying to do everything all at once every day. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Yeah. There's only like a few, when it comes to products, there's only like a few things I can do in the same day that like makes sense. And I can't do them the same time, but like a few things I can do in the same day. And then it's like, okay, that's pretty much it. Um, have you been like finding that you do like service at a certain time of day and product at a certain time of day? Um, I mean, it's back and forth because like, obviously meetings and life and things. Yeah. So um, for me, I kind of been poking it in whenever I can and just getting things done when I can. So if I um, have orders, I try to ship those on days that I don't have anything else just so I can package and kind of have everything done. But in terms of product development, it's very 
unless it's a day that I don't have anything else to do, like I say, okay, Monday is my product development day. It, it has to be done at night. Like I just, cause I, the amount of hours and time that goes into editing and creating the mock-ups and yeah, uh, just the color coordination with the palettes and all that stuff. It's just that development takes so much time that it, it's like a day, like it needs like eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm excited about that. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I have to go design other things or do other things. And it's less exciting because those rules are there. And a lot of times I have more constraints. And so it's like, I have to make sure that I separate that time enough, but I haven't done anything routinely, so to speak. I will say like, cause Monday and Friday, I don't do as much of my service-based business stuff unless I have a call already booked or something. So I will say those are more product business to your four four days but I, I, I could be like this week where monday i woke up and i was like yeah nah nah yeah. <laughs> this was yeah. great that i tried but no i'm just gonna ship out my orders and then i'm gonna go talk to friends and like goof around on the internet because I, I just don't want to today like i just yeah. don't and that's okay like you totally have to do what your body and your mind says to do again we're still in a pandemic mm-hmm. we're still in social hell like <laughs> like you know what i mean like in terms of like everything happening around the news is really bad all the time so of course you have to go with where your body your mental health and needs to go and so that's been it for me so i definitely yeah i just it whenever i don't have a set time i haven't really got a schedule because the orders are still so ebb and flow. Whereas when I'm, yeah. I'm trying to create a system for the holiday, cause I just know that it's different in the holidays. Even when I wasn't really yes. doing it a lot, like I wasn't putting as much work as I am an effort into it as I am now. I still, winter, Christmas was still crazy. The years that I released holiday, like rel- releases, they were nuts. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gearing up for that in my mind. I like in in my mind, and this is not what I'm doing yet, but like what I would like to do is I would personally start liking to do like I would like to do my service-based stuff before lunch and my product-based stuff after lunch. And then after dinner, if there's still the need, then pour more candles because like after dinner, John would then be joining me like with stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we can pour candles together and that's kind of like, we love it. Like that's like a fun activity for us to do together. And we can kind of like the multitasking is in that sense, like us talking and like talking about our days and just like, you know, spending time together. So yeah, that would be like an ideal situation um, to kind of like service based in the morning when I'm kind of in that zone of like, it's easier for me to focus and like get a whole bunch done. Um, I'm just like very zeroed in in the morning and then have like a lunch break and like relax a bit and then get into the more product-based stuff, which for me is definitely, I find to be like more fun, more relaxing, whatever. Um, yeah. And then kind of like, if needed for the time being, add more product-based in on the evenings or weekends. Um, cause again, it's, I'm, I'm actually losing him as a business partner because he has to go back to work soon. So I'm not pleased about that. But next week he has like, I think two days. And then like the week after that, like he'll be full on, he won't be teaching yet, but they have like his three weeks of pre-planning for um, Fairfax County. And I'm like, it sucks because for the summer, thank God I've had him to help me with candles because I was not prepared for like the orders that we got. Um, Cause I just sent out stuff to like close friends and each, like a lot of those close friends have shared stuff as well. And it's just kind of been a lot more orders than like I was expecting. Um, So yeah, it's been like kicking my butt, but it's been obviously so awesome. I'm super thankful. 
but it's like if I didn't have him I don't know what I would have done I would have been yeah. definitely like freaked out so yeah now I have to kind of get onto a schedule that he's not going to be working there with me so the productivity is going to be different and I need to kind of like figure that situation out so fun times but yeah I, I think it's I like that part of um of a product-based business is that the multitasking isn't the same it's not you know I don't know it's just like a different type of productivity and I kind of like that it forces me to focus on one task as opposed to doing 800 things because I just feel like with my service base like I'm always doing a million things at once so it kind of to me even if I am still doing two things it feels much slower you know yeah for sure Um, So the other thing to know that you've probably kind of gotten the feel of just by us talking is that you will get addicted to creating new stuff because it's problematic (laughs) with the service based business. Like, yes, you're creating stuff all the time, but a lot of times you're going with like what the client wants as well. It's like you and the client coming together to come up with what the design is going to be or what the theme is going to be or the you know, idea or whatever it is. Um, But when you're making your products, you're doing what you want to do. Like you don't answer to anyone. You're not bringing someone else's vision to life. You're bringing your own vision to life. So you have full creative control and it's amazing. Um, And you do it. And then somebody resonates with that product and says, oh, I really like this. This speaks to me. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like it's like that hit of adrenaline and you just want it again and again. So yeah, yeah it's definitely all the serotonin you get from like it's the same yes. feeling from why people are so addicted oh. to social media is that yeah if you get those interactions then it makes you feel good and then you're like okay i need to post more interact I more be more on this thing just the other day so and again this is like we'll get into marketing in the next uh point but i had given a candle to somebody who had to move during the pandemic because they had to move and it was not fun And so it was a scent that I was testing. It's not one of the ones that's actually available in the store. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, I poured this tester and I poured a few of them because the way that I make candles, I have to make more than one at a time. So I was like, I don't need all of them. So let me just drop off this tester at their house. I dropped off their front door, you know, told them it was outside and they moved like this past week. And I guess they already started bringing the candles. So they wrote to me and they were like, oh my gosh, this candle's amazing. Like, girl, like you really did this with these scents. And I was like, okay, you know, and then they went ahead and ordered three candles, which is like, hello, that's amazing. Um, But yeah, so it's like, I got that hit of like, oh, they love that, that scent. I don't have that scent listed. Now I need to list that scent. And you just get like so excited. Um, Yeah. And then you're like, it's hours later and you've done too many, you know what I mean? Like it just starts this little process in your brain. I did my like fall in my mind, what I was going to do for fall. And before I knew it, I had like eight candles and I was like, girl, you don't need to drop all these for fall. Like that's too much. Like I'm like a business that has been in business for a long time, probably isn't even going to drop eight for just like one season always. Like you don't need to like, don't do the most all the time, basically. Cause it sounds good in your head. And then when you actually start doing it and like having to deliver on that, it's a completely different story. Um, yeah. So I think that it is great to have all these, like, that's the thing is like, there's no one to stop your ideas and you're just like going, going, going. So it's great to have all these ideas and like love creating new stuff. But just remember, like, you can always save that for the next season or, you know, the next year or whatever. Like it's, if you're hopefully doing it for the long haul, it's going to be a while. So, you know, I might not release all of the fall scents I came up with this fall, but I have some ideas for next fall as well. Yep. Totally. A hundred percent. Also marketing. So 
it's a beast <laughs> marketing yeah. for, and if, if you're just, I feel like if you're just starting out any business, marketing is hard. I will not say that it's not for all businesses. Cause it's just, there's so much happening. The issue is that we have older businesses. And so we have tons of referrals and we do a little mm. bit less traditional marketing and like trying to be out there and be in the face all the time. Obviously we'd probably be richer if we did, but um, yeah, we don't but... like, I, and I don't have to. And I kind of like that, that I can kind of get by, by just, my reputation because of how much time I've spent in my industry. But with the new business, I have to market it. And even so much as I was talking to a friend Monday when I decided not to do anything. And I was like, yeah. She, so we were talking about business and money and how I've been working with the pandemic because all my friends mostly own their own business or their spouses do. And so she was, you know, giving me updates on her and her spouse's business. And I was like, yeah, things have been going with the shop. And she was like, what shop are you talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I don't market my own business, A, and I don't post yeah. on social media. So if you don't, like, if if you don't know, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're not in the stories that day, you don't know, it doesn't know, you doesn't exist. So I totally was like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't know that because how would you? That's not something that I do. I'm not great at marketing. So just know that marketing is such a, a process and a struggle, and it's something that you have to be dedicated to, and you have to really put your time in. I'm trying not to do as much marketing to my circle even though my circle has gotten into it and kind of like follow me and knows what I'm doing because I don't I like to kind of have the separate idea of that I can do sell these products to a different like a cold audience as I speak okay. or say it so that's been nice and a challenge to me because a lot of times your friends aren't your your core audience that buy your products sometimes we're lucky enough that our friends have been very supportive and uplifting and kind of like wanting to support and, and do that but some people do have products where they like want to sell for a specific niche and specific audience and their friends may not fit in that space. And so you need to know how to reach your cold audience, so to speak, or the people who are in that industry that you're trying to reach out. And it just takes a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning, a lot of use, like I did a lot of YouTubing on learning Facebook ads and how to set those up and getting the best with my Facebook integration because Facebook is a whole episode on Facebook ads girl it's such an integration into the website and like getting the pixel set up and making sure the shops are set up and for sure for oh yeah I'm I'm not giving away this money this information for you because I spent time on it um but just knowing that how important that was out the gate to me because I knew that would make me more receptive as a business to my cold audience and it has Mm -hmm. been and I it's paid off for me um, because I know some people just start shops and they're like, oh, I don't understand why I'm not getting traffic. Or I don't see why there's not working. And it's like, what is your, um, you know, your reliability? How do you look to someone else? Are you a legitimate business? Like, what is your legitimability? Like, so if they go to your shop and it's kind of like shady pictures, stock images that are all mocked up and, you know, just products that look like generic. It's like, if I order this, will it actually come to me? Or is this coming from a different country? Because there's been some scams from different things. So it's just like you have to do your best to kind of make your visitors feel at home and try to take the data that you get, your abandoned cart data. That's so much of remarketing to that audience. Like I've invested in some pop-ups and stuff. I've done a lot of like research on the best way to kind of get to not lose money on, on e-commerce business because it's just such a different situation than it is with services. And there's so much money to be left on the table if you don't do something right. And so I want to be sure that I capture my audience in the best way, give them the best offers, be so engaging, be personable, but not too personable. I know that works for some people. Again, I'm still trying to have that separation between like me a human and me a brand. Like obviously you have to do a little bit of integration, obviously, but I do like 
right now that I can keep that separation and still sell and my products. Really work for your brand. And like when I think of like that being very successful, I think of like Anna Bond and Rifle Paper Co. Like, yeah, we know who she is. But like, I think a lot of people that know that brand really well don't even know who she is. I think part of why we know who she is is like, Number one, because she was just she was starting it when we were all start. You know what I mean? Like, it, I have a friend of a friend who's very close to her. That's a lot of you know here. So that's kind of different. And then also like that's your wheelhouse is like stationary. So like obviously like we're gonna know a little bit more about that than like other things. Um, but yeah, a lot of people know that brand like upon sight and do not know that. Like, yeah. Name. you know what I mean so I do think that for what you're doing I think that that separation can work I think yeah. that it probably could work for my brand as well but I think that I probably will be in it a little bit more yeah because it, that's your preference yeah, level um, yeah like it's gonna be like you know so I've I've built up this service-based business over the years and like you know I started like 0809 um and that's the thing like with photography is that it's so referral based. So it's like, and you take a photo and then you share the, you know, the people that you took a photo of, the people want you to share the photo because it makes them feel special. Like they want to see that on your Facebook page or whatever, and know that you're proud of that work and you think they look great. Right. And then they want you to tag them and they're going to tag your family or send it to their family or whatever. And before you know it, you have multiple referrals, like from that session or from that wedding or whatever. And so I really built my business when like Facebook was kind of like still a newer staple in people's lives. Like it was now not just for college students, but for everybody. And it was still like newer. Like it wasn't like everyone, like everyone had it, but it was still new. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like such a easier time. Like, visibility was so great like you could post something and it would easily get like you know if you had a thousand friends on Facebook then you would post a photo and it get 200 likes you know what I mean like it was just very easy to do that now you can have like 5,000 friends on Facebook or 5,000 followers on a page and post something it gets two likes um I had like I know brands that you know like for example moveon.org I'll use them for an example because I know it's to be a fact they have millions of followers and have trouble getting like a thousand likes on a photo um, on, on like fa their Facebook page. So it's definitely like different now, but I think when you've been working for like, as long as we have, like you said, you start to just build up that client base. So it's, it's really not a thing like to this day, like, even though I still, I don't consider like, I'm not a full-time photographer anymore. I still get inquiries as if I'm a full-time photographer. Um, and then I still get a lot of inquiries for, you know, doing branding, doing social media and doing coaching because it's just very referral based. If somebody sees, you know, a brand that I've put together and that person debuts that brand and they're excited about it, what are they, what's going to happen? People are going to talk to that business owner and that business owner is going to tell them about me and then they'll reach out to me and we'll chat and they book me and that's that. Um, so yeah, I've been doing more one-on-one -on -one coaching lately than branding, um, just because I love it and yeah, I don't know. I just, it's fun. Um, and so, but yeah, it's very, very referral based because somebody will see those changes in their business or, you know, like someone else is seeing it from the outside in. They're like, Oh, what are you doing? What it like, what are you doing? Like, I see that you're doing really well. How, how, how are you going about that? And so we'll be like, Oh, I'm working with charisma. So it's very, very referral based. Um, and it's not to say that products can't be, but it's different because I don't know, like, 
I think that with influencer culture, that makes things different as well. Like that adds in another element. So you have to decide like, do you want to work with influencers and stuff, which which is actually something I am planning to do. Um, but Same. yeah, you have to decide <laughs> if you're gonna, like, have an influencer program. If so, I think that, and I mean, I'll be able to report back on this probably next month because I, I have already photographed some stuff with an influencer before the pandemic. Um, and yeah, I'll be releasing those images for fall. Um, so yeah, so we'll kind of see how that goes and I'll let you guys know, but I personally do believe that working with influencers is going to be a positive thing. Um, and I think that that is kind of more now your referral network. Um, but hopefully you create a brand that like people really love and it resonates with people. And then they kind of will still probably give you those referrals. But I think it's just like anything, it takes time and we're working with a completely different um, social media structure than we were when Facebook was new. Now we have Facebook, we have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have Snapchat. Those three didn't even Real. exist back then. <laughs> uh, Pinterest didn't exist when we started. Um, so, yeah. and Pinterest is an OG, but that didn't even exist when we started. So, all of these things are very new. And it's deciding which ones you want to invest time in, which ones your audience is on. Like my audience is not looking for my product on TikTok. It's not to say that if you have TikTok, you wouldn't be in my, you know, my, like a customer of mine, but like, they're not going on there being like, I really would love like, you know, to see some beautiful interiors and just like a cozy vibe. Like that's not what you're going to TikTok for. So I'm not going to be on TikTok with my products. But on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook, yes, those places make sense. And then even incorporating it into like my own blog. Um, and because a lot of my stuff is very like home-based and it's like about that cozy feeling, like that's why I do think I will be kind of like in it a little bit more as far as like my face. Um, but I wanted to share with you guys like kind of what I did to start making orders again so I had opened in fall as y'all know and like was open for a little bit and then shut back down because I kind of wanted to figure out like I kind of wanted to streamline things a bit more and get a little bit more specific with my brand and I was also having some issues with the name and I didn't want to run into bigger issues with that later so I just decided to change the name a little bit so that there's actually a business in Denver that had a very similar name and technically we were both allowed to operate and that's totally fine but they already had like a like two storefronts and I was kind of like I don't know like they could become a national brand and I didn't want to have to then deal with changing my name if they became a national brand so I just decided I was like I'm, I'm new enough that it doesn't really matter I'll go ahead and switch things up so I changed the name and I figured that would be like a good time to change the name and relaunch and to tell my inner circle about it. Um, so I ended up doing that and that was a really good way to kind of like let people know without being too pushy. Um, like, Hey, like I'm starting again and you know, reopening and I have a new name. Just wanted to let you guys know, like, and just letting friends know and letting them know, like, if that's not for them, that's totally okay. But just like, I sent a friendly text out to make it like personal. Um, so I'm actually going to read it really quick because just like you guys can get an idea and this is something that you can do as well. Like if you're first starting out and you are, you know, starting to build on social, but you're like, Hmm, let's see if friends would be interested. And I just sent, I didn't send this to every single person I know. I literally sent this to like closer friends who I know would either be interested because they do fit this brand or because they would want to share it because like we just had that sort of friendship. So I didn't just send it like, 
put select all and send it to everybody, right? So, okay. So it says, hello, friends. My shop is back up at a new home. And then I put www.kismetandcharisma.com. I linked it. I said, I'm still working on perfecting the site, but this is sort of like a soft opening. No pressure to buy at all, but if you ever decide to buy something, I've created discount codes for you. Please don't share them with anyone else as they will be available at all times just for my inner circle. Then a little heart. And then I put blank is for 20% off at all times, which I give to like all of my super good friends. And then blank is for free shipping. Please only use this one if you're in the Orlando area. I would deliver your order personally or plan to be in the Orlando area to pick it up. And I said, I'll be adding new images and items on a regular basis. So be sure to follow along on Instagram at Kismet Charisma and share posts with any friends who you think might be interested in the shop. Thank you again for being a friend. Three hearts. So again, super simple, like no pressure. Like if you want to buy, buy. If you don't, that's totally fine. Follow along on Insta. You know, again, sent it to only the people that I know that actually care. So it's not just like, because I hate those messages when you get just a random like, hey, guess what, girl? I'm selling this shampoo and I bet you'd love it. And I'm like, oh God. So, you know, you don't want like to just kind of like spam people out of nowhere. Like make it, make sure that like, at least with that initial group, it's like people that you actually know care. These were people that if I launched and didn't tell them, they'd be like, uh, why'd you launch and not tell me? So I just kept it to that group. And just to that group, it's been really like successful so far in a, them being supportive and then B them sharing with other people. But at the same time, like, I don't want just kind of like you said, like, that's great, but I kind of want to cold sell to other people. So I've been working on that content to have um, steady content on like both Facebook and Instagram and then eventually Pinterest. Um, and for me, it's like part of that is hiring an intern and some other things. So just making sure that I have like consistent content that's going to be ready to go. Um, because that's uh, consistency, unfortunately, is a part of the game nowadays, like, I also still believe that having good content is better, but the way that algorithms are set up, you're going to do better if you post every day. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind when you're kind of creating your schedule. Like, again, don't just make posts that are ugly and have them be crap, but at the same time, like it is in your best interest to post daily um, and to have that consistency there because Instagram and Facebook really reward those who are consistent for a long time. And remember that in the beginning, numbers are slow. Um, so it might take a long time to get to like whatever number you have in your head. Doesn't mean anything. There are people that have, you know, 200 followers in their shop and are consistently selling products. And then there's people that have like, you know, I don't know, 50,000 followers. I know somebody who has almost 200,000 followers and she can't figure out how to make any money. Like I know her personally and she, she like, she's like, cannot figure out how to monetize it. Um, so she's come to me and she's wanted me to help her monetize it, but she's not willing to pay me to do that. And that's why I haven't helped her. I obviously have a lot of ideas of how she can monetize. Again, if she's not willing to pay me for those plans and ideas, then I'm not gonna help her. But it's just bananas to me that she has that following, cannot make any money. And on Instagram right now for my product-based business, I have a very small amount of followers and I and, you know, pouring candles left and right. So yeah, just, you know, just remember to stay consistent and, you know, just be experimental, find, find a plan that works for you, but make sure you have a plan and just remind yourself that like, if you've been doing service based and you're switching to product based, it's going to be a different process. So just like everything else, just like space, just like time, all of that, it's going to be a different process for your marketing as well. Yep. Definitely. I think those are 
tons of tips. As you said, we are going to be working on doing more uh, in-depth episodes that are more tip-based and more in-depth about the certain systems and things that we're using, and those will be available on Patreon as we will I'm be launching that soon. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be learning in that. Um, I'm yeah, going to be so... your hype man episode so So, i just uh yeah there's so much to learn so much to teach and we obviously are going to continue to educate you guys as best as possible here in the space but we do if we're in a pandemic and we you know there's so much more that we want to share and obviously we have very little time here on the podcast that we do once a week so we do want to share more and more and do more but as we know we need to kind of make money off of it so uh and people have been expressed interest and yeah, have been asking to support us with the Patreon for so long. So like information from us and we're already like, you know, we do the weekly episodes, we make sure that they're information packed. But I think that this provides a way for us to bring you even more information. So, yeah, because we both are on Instagram. We're yeah. both on Facebook. Like I blog now. I'm back on blogging on Studio 44. So I've written some long like 1300 word blog post so we are sharing as much information as we can in our individual channels so we do want to invest more time in doing that here but we again we're we're like all over the place so and this will give us like the opportunity to share even more information for, with you that is more uh which you would normally find on the podcast but just going even into deeper dives and just giving you you know that very very specific type of information and support as well like we we we'll be able to interact with you a little bit more because it, it'll allow us a little bit more time to do that. Right. Yeah. So definitely be paying attention to that because that's going to be rolling out later this month at the end of August, we're going to have three levels. Um, I'm very excited. I'm not going to give all the details away just yet um, of what the three levels are going to be, but I will say that the third level has something on it that I'm very excited about that I've been wanting to do forever. And Angelica has been like, no, you can't do it. So ha, we're going to do it now. And I'm stoked. You'll she's gonna do it. it. She's moving away, and I'm like, do whatever you want. You don't move <laughs> anymore. No, um, whatever. No, we just uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Follow us on Instagram, Heart and Hustle Podcast, obviously, to get the most updated information because that's where we are posting the most, and that is when we will be able to obviously formally announce on the podcast. But if you're on social, you get to see things more often. So yes, you definitely do. And use the hashtag so Hard so we can see what you're doing. We check that hashtag. We check out what you're doing. We try to interact with you. So please do that. Continue using that as well. Also, if you're in the DMV area, please tell me where to get food. I'm going to be at least at the very least going back and forth for the rest of the year. Probably relocating there full time at the end of the year. Also be my friend because I have like two friends there. So everybody I know there I'm related to, which is cool, but I need friends. And as you know, if you listen to the podcast, I am very slow to make friends because I am very shy. So. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We're so happy that you're here. We're so happy that you uh, tuned in this week. We'll be back next week with another great episode. We have so many amazing guests lined up through quarter Ooh, three. Our I quarter three is booked. So excited. It so is we are on to booking quarter four guests. We have some amazing people, some amazing industries that we've never talked about, which we've been cha- challenging ourselves to do this year. So thank you guys for all your support. We will see you guys next week. Bye.